This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. Indeed, it is Hot Tech time. Time to talk uh, technical stuff, technology, gadgets, that kind of thing. I thought we'd just start off a little earlier today. Always a pleasure to welcome on board Jan Vermeulen, editor at My Broadband. Jan, thanks for taking the time to come in a bit earlier on the show. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Right, Jan. So let's get started with Starlink Hands-On, which is tested in South Africa. Great for streaming, but gamers will have to wait. Take us through this. Yeah, so this is our first test of the of the product of getting our own grubby paws on it. And, yeah, it was honestly impressive. <laughs> okay. Um, and this is despite the fact that it hasn't actually officially launched in the country. So we were able to, um, via a... A whole uh, complicated process, which is managed by a uh, Northern Cape-based ISP called ITLEC, able to use it here in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there are ways and means for for people to get a hold of this if they if they need it. If you're out in a rural area and you've got no other connectivity, for example, there's there's ways to get your hands on this technology. And and uh, I would advise people. Um, consider something like Starlink as a as an option when they're looking at satellite-based uh, internet. Uh, obviously, um, ch- you know, check the pricing and stuff for yourself. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, can uh, you? For- we- Sorry, Jan. Can you forecast when one can look forward to this establishing itself in South Africa? No, unfortunately not. At the stage, you can't. Okay. Deeply, deeply frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been all kinds of speculation about why Starlink can't come to South Africa because they started off quite bullish, right? The, so, right. Um, it, it start, you were able to pre-order your, your Starlink kit, uh, from the website and they were going to launch in 2022 and then 2023 and now it just says unknown. They don't know when they're going to launch in South Africa. And so the speculation is that Starlink has mm-hmm. hit some kind of regulatory hurdle. And in particular, there's some speculation that it's got to do with uh, South Africa's local ownership requirements. Because okay. there are still um, there are regulations um, that say that to get a license to operate as a telecommunications provider mm-hmm. in South Africa, you must have... 30% historically disadvantaged ownership. Okay, so and on so on that basis, it was going to. Sorry, uh, did did you want to add anything more to that? Sorry, Jan, no, I just came. No, that, that's that's it. You can feel free to ask. <laughs> okay, so on that basis, uh, as you say, they haven't launched yet, and uh, there's still the issue of the license licensing, and yes. what have you. So linked to that uh, would be the next question I wanted to ask you regarding the Starlink Wi-Fi router and ground station antennas approved in South Africa. What what do we have to be aware of there now? Yes, so some positive mm-hmm. developments mm-hmm. here is that the some of the actual equipment has received ICASA type approval. So um, this is significant because ICASA is also the same body that must issue Starlink with its licenses to operate mm-hmm. in South Africa. So hopefully this means that there's some movement in this regard. But crucially, the dish itself, as best we can tell, the dish itself has not yet received type approval. At okay. least not, um, nothing disclosed from, like this, this, this list that the most recent list that we have was last updated in, I think, February or March. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever we ask ICASA about this, we get zero feedback. So, uh, we're kind of at their mercy, um, with regards to, to information about, um, how far this is and what the holdup is. And so I don't want to speculate too much, sure. but at yeah. least 
what we can say is there has been some some movement forward. And so hopefully that means that ICASA is actually keen on enabling Starlink to operate in South Africa and not blocking it right. um, based on our, our local ownership requirements because I doubt Starlink is keen on giving away 30% of its business or 30% of its profit to anyone okay. in South right. Africa, regardless mm-hmm. of their, um, their, their background. Yeah. Um, so, um, but uh, the, the, the fact is the service, uh, regard, because, you know, um, of the way space works, um, the service actually works here. Um, okay. and so, um, the, the, the regulator, um, or rather South Africa mustn't put itself in a position where once again, it's kind of, um, sleeping on, on something and it just becomes available via a side door. Yeah. Um, and like, and people start using it anyway. Right. Uh, uh, regardless of the fact of, um, you know, whether it's officially Indeed. locally licensed or not. Indeed. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, my, our personal experience with it is that it's quite good. You mm-hmm. can actually stream YouTube and Netflix over it. Um, but your connection drops. Um, so like every couple of minutes, your connection would drop for a couple of seconds. Okay. And so if you're doing something that requires a constant connection, like this voice call right now. Yes. Um, that's not necessarily going to work that great over, over Starlink currently as it, as it, as it stands at yeah. the moment. But okay. I should qualify that. We were testing in a suburban area, and we were just kind of aiming it at an open patch of sky and hoping for the best. If you are in a, 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 on a farm or on a larger property um, or a place with you know f- a, a, a far bigger portion of the sky visible right. to your satellite dish, you might get much better performance. And we are busy testing it to see um, whether whether it you know uh, this is just mm. how its performance is in South Africa right. or whether you can actually get much better performance in a more rural zone. I look forward to seeing the developments on this, uh, Jan. We can only wait and see how Starlink uh, comes, uh, introduces itself to South Africa, we hope, yeah. That should be very interesting in the long run. Well, not too long run, I guess, for many consumers. Jan, let's move on to South Africa, moving to ban fluorescent and incandescent light bulb sales. And what's, yes. this, what's happening here? Yeah, so this is a, these are regulations that have been in the works, um, for I think at least a year now. And, um, this is just, I, I need to emphasize for general household light lighting. This mm-hmm. is not eating lamps. This is not aquarium lamps. This yes. is not LEDs on battery banks or right. anything like that. Um, normal globes only. And, um, this doesn't ban specific technologies, but what it does do is introduce, um, specific efficiency requirements. Um, that essentially make incan- well, will make it um, unlawful to sell um, anything but LED lamps in South Africa because LEDs are currently the only technology that meet that efficiency target. That specific efficiency target for people who are curious is 90 lumens per watt during the f- during phase one. Now, phase one of the, these regulations kick in 12 months from now. Next year, around 24 March, uh, May, sorry, they kick in. Um, and they last for a for two years, and then three years from now, phase two kicks in, and we go to an even higher level of efficiency, 105 lumens per watt, in three years' time. So right. some some pretty um, some pretty interesting regulations trying to plan ahead. Hopefully, it works out well. Um, yes, and, and we we don't actually end up in a situation where there's actually much more efficient options available. But certainly, um, and cost worthy uh, for that matter, for that matter, Jan. What about, what about costs? Yeah, so LED lamps, um, are, uh, in my experience, slightly more expensive 
than than incandescent or fluorescent uh, lamps. But mm-hmm. what, what what you pay in the initial cost, you make up by how uh, in in droves by how much longer they last. Oh, I see. And so the, it's the value. LEDs it's a value for money so approach. You could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the LEDs just last so much longer. So you're bang for buck on an LED lamp. Uh, is in general going to be much better than fluorescent. So, um, and hopefully what this does is it, it will hopefully drive down the price of LED lamps in South Africa, um, as the whole country switches over to them and it, you know, drives up the economies of scale and so on. So we'll, 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 we'll hold thumbs for that. Indeed. Hold thumbs for that and for Starling for that matter, Jan. Just as well, we came, came, uh, earlier to you because one more thing I wanted to run by is this fingerprint system zero day floor, which lets attackers unlock and control smartphones. Tell us more. This this was a, a hectic. Um, security flaw that that uh, came out in the past week, and um, it's uh, or, or that research has um, revealed in the past week. This uh, this affects Android mostly, but there are some iOS devices that uh, that has fingerprint readers on them, like the iPhone SE and the iPad. Right. And um, yeah, essentially, what this attack allows is for uh, a hacker to attempt. Uh, almost uh, uh, on Android, unlimited number of tries of scanning a fingerprint. Mm-hmm. And on iOS, they can get 15 tries rather than the usual five. Right. So they get 10 more tries on, on iOS, an infinite number of tries on Android, which is not how the system is supposed to work. Now, uh, some some heart, people can, can take some heart. This doesn't mean your phone is going to be instantly hacked. But if, if an attacker, a, a sufficiently sophisticated attacker gets their hands on your phone and you use fingerprint unlocking, then they will, with enough time, potentially be able to unlock it. Um, but they will need access to some kind of fingerprint database, okay. which is not that hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Look, it's not easy, but it's not that hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a, a, a bit of a, and then like a robot, of, let's call it a robot uh, hacking kit that will cost you about 300 rand <laughs> to set up. So it's not a particularly sophisticated or, or expensive attack. But the hacker needs the, your phone, and they need a fingerprint database of some kind, which is hopefully not that easy to come by. Indeed, Jan. Thanks so much for that. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Jan, always a pleasure chatting to you and giving us a load on what's happening in the world of technology. Jan Vermeulen, editor at My Broadband.